talking about how we're going to walk through this journey in Ephesians chapter 4 about the oneness. Remember, we did an overview about what the oneness is all about. And then we started in chapter 1 last week talking about the calling that is placed on our lives. God has a calling on everyone's life. The first calling is the call to salvation. The calling after salvation is the one calling that is for every single believer and follower of Christ, and that is to servanthood. And so as we serve him, remember uh, what Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 says, we have to live our lives worthy of the calling to which we've been called. So there's a standard by which we should serve. We can't just go out here and say we're a believer and follower of Christ and live like however we want to live. Because God has called us to a standard, a standard of holiness, righteousness, purity, all the things that he calls us to. Now what we're going to do is we're going to get into some of the characteristics, some of the character of God that we have to show to others or that is shown through us. And so what we're calling this today, and I want you to see this, is in chapter 4, verse 2, what we get is the balance. This is the balance that brings balance to our lives because this is what's been shown to us that we can receive from God. And then in turn, what we're going to do is we're going to show that to others. It can't be out of balance. How many of you have ever lost your balance? <laughs> yeah, that's right. When you, we've, have you ever had an inner ear deal? It's kind of crazy, isn't it? That little bitty bones that are in your ear can cause you to lose your entire balance or have, what is it called, vertigo? Yeah, so have vertigo and stuff. So balance is a small thing that can get out and cause us to be imbalanced in our lives. We have to look at that. If we can see that physically in our lives, then we have to know that spiritually it's the same thing. Spiritually, small things can get us out of balance. In other words, when we've received a large amount of grace and mercy from God, and we refuse to show grace and mercy, loving kindness, which we're going to talk about later, to someone else, that's imbalance. You can't receive all of this and then not give it away. Remember what we talked about a few weeks ago? That's hoarding. When we hoard things, it's not good for us. And so we want to have it, we want to hold on to it, and then we start hoarding it. That's not what God intended. God intends to use us as a conduit, as a conduit. Just moved into a new house, right? So he moved into the new house, and every house that you move into is different. Is that not true? All right. So this house, the previous houses that we've had, we've always had two stories. So it's been multiple stories high. So I've had trees in my backyard before, but it's never been a big deal about filling up my gutters with clutter. But in the last two, three days, there have been some crazy storms that have come through where I live now. I'm only on a one-level house now with a basement on top of it. So really, it's not very high off the ground. I can take like a 28-foot ladder and go all the way around my house if I needed to paint it, which I don't want to do, but, but if I needed to. But you see, the gutters are low. And so all of these limbs and leaves. So the other day I had to go and clean out my gutters because the gutters are supposed to be what? A conduit for the water to come off my roof and get down to the ground. But they were so much full of junk that that could not happen. So I had to go take gloves. Have you ever done that? Y'all ever done that? I've never really had to do it because my house has been so high up. Didn't have the leaves or either had pine trees or junk like that. This, this stuff was everywhere. And I'm like, I'm going to have to do this every week. I'm going to be out here on this ladder all the time. But that's one of the things. New house, new problems, right? 
So new issues you got to deal with. My gutters are full of junk. That's our lives. Our lives can get like that in a heartbeat. One storm, one problem, next thing you know, you're all clogged up. And the conduit that's coming from God that should flow out of you is not flowing out to someone else. So today when we look at this, remember that God has called you to serve other people. And so if God has shown you all of this, then you are to be a conduit to other folks. And if you're not doing that, then your life can be out of balance. And it's hard to do sometimes. Because we want to focus on us first. That's what we tend to do. But Scripture tells us not to do that, to put ourselves last. So we'll get to that later as well. All right, so the verse four, chapter 4, verse 2 says this. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. This isn't our attitude followed by our actions. Notice this. God is speaking to certain things in the first part of this, and then it's going to show itself out in actions because it says, for one another in love. So this is not something that you need to keep and hold on to. The things that we're going to go through, we're going to go through each one of these sections of this, humility, gentleness, patience, and then tolerance, what they mean spiritually for us, and then it must flow out of us into action to one another in love. So the first thing we need to see is that we need to be subject. Be subject, under, not over. The first word there is humility. Humility's opposite is pride. When we are prideful, the first thing that we're thinking about is ourselves. Because it's all about us. All right, I'm not, not trying to get political, but I, I really want to use this as an example. When our president tr- tweets, he's not talking about anybody but what? Himself. All of his tweets that are happening in the middle of the night while he's up is totally thinking, this guy is a manic, you know what I'm saying? He's up all the time at 2 o'clock in the morning. He's tweeting about a reporter that said something about him yesterday. He can't let it go because he's constantly thinking about what? Himself, but his job is to serve what? everybody else his job is to serve 300 million plus people and when you're only thinking about what people are saying about you that's wrong that is not humility that's the opposite of that and that affects all of us does it not think about it as people of the nation He makes decisions that affect every single one of us and if he makes decisions based off of what somebody said about him We all got to pay the price for that. That is totally wrong. That is totally the antithesis of our faith. And I really don't care if he's a Democrat or a Republican. And you know what? We could go back and we could do the same thing with with another president. We could pick Obama. We could pick, you know, know, Bush. Or we could go back to Clinton. All of that. All these things. When they start thinking totally about themselves as leaders in a position of power and influence, it's over. Now think about us. You think, well, I don't have power and influence, Tim. I'm just a peon. Yeah, you do. There's some area of your life where God has given you influence over. It could be at work. You could have children. You could have grandchildren. You could have great-grandchildren. I don't know what it is. It could be family. It could be friends. You have an area of influence. God has given you a, a sphere, a circle, 
in which he has placed you in. How do I know that? Because scripture tells us he does that for every single one of us. In fact, he's already said this in, in Sunday school today. We're all in the same Sunday school lesson, so you guys got this as well, right? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says what? We were created for works by God to go and walk in those good works. God has a plan. He has a plan for you. He's put you in a place. So you and I, when we are put in that place, must be humble. Why? Because if we're not subject to God, then we're not going to allow ourselves to be subject to others. And then we're going to start to put ourselves over other people. And that is totally the wrong thing to do. Nothing will flow out when we're talking about ourselves. We're just taking it all in. Isaiah 57, 15 says this, For thus says the high and the exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. I dwell on a high and holy place, and also with the, with the contrite and lowly of spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to re revive the heart of the contrite. God is dealing with us because he wants to reach other people through us. But when we can't get past ourselves, there's no reaching. A lot of teachers, a lot of people who are working in the school environment, if not teaching, uh, ca uh, cafeteria or as an assistant, someone helping out, you guys know that when we go into, whenever you go into an environment and there's a whole lot of other people, what if I came in here on Sunday morning and said, this really isn't for you guys at all? This is all about me. It's my birthday today. So y'all can just pack it up and go home. We're not going to go any further than this. I'm taking a day off. That'd be all about me. That's not what God has called us to do. That's not what God has called me to do. God has placed us in these places so that we can what? Flow out to other people. Lauren was telling me your work environment earlier. It's gotten chaotic, hasn't it, Lauren? And they're calling on Lauren to do other things, go above and beyond the call of duty. Are you tired, Lauren? Yes. So when you show up there, her job as a nurse is to take care of other people. It's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? God has reached you, and you are lowly of spirit. That's what When you're a subject to someone else, when you have surrendered your life, that's what it means to be lowly of spirit and contrite of heart. You realize that you cannot get there by yourself. And then this passage in Isaiah says, now your job is to go out and reach others who are lowly of spirit and contrite of heart. Be on the lookout for those that you can pour out some humility to. And if you come across someone who's extremely prideful, set an example and then sometimes speak. Sometimes. Because sometimes if you say too much about some, uh, around someone who's prideful, then we're going to have problems because they're going to try to turn that against you. Pick and choose where you can speak those words. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Proverbs 16, 18. And then also in Proverbs 11, 2. When pride comes, then comes dishonor. But with the humble is wisdom. See, God has a job. He's trying to pass on. He's trying to, he's given you wisdom through your experience, situations, and circumstances. And then in turn, you can give that to someone else. We had Pam Hall go through something this week 
there are other ladies in this room who've gone through the same thing. And I know throughout the past week and month, as she's learned about what she was about to have to go through, I know that y'all have spoke truth to her in love. You've told her what to, that she can look forward to. You can tell her there's, the grass is greener on the other side. It's okay. You'll get through this. It's always good to have someone there to give you encouragement who's gone and walked in some of the same places that you have walked to be able to do that. Pride will keep us from that. Pride shuts that off. So, next thing. Not only be subject under, not over. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We will receive what God wants us to receive when we have a poor spirit. The next thing is gentleness. Showing consideration, meek, not weak. Everybody believes that meekness is weakness. Someone who's being gentle to someone else is not being weak. When we show kindness, when we show loving mercy, that is not a sign of weakness. Matthew 5, 5 says this, Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. So notice this. When we show humility, we receive the kingdom of heaven. When we show meekness, we receive what? Inherit the earth. What, is, what do you think that means? If you're meek, <laughs> that people just start coming up and giving their property to you? <laughs> you start inheriting all this stuff? And that people start sending you money and all kinds of things? That's not what that means, right? There are blessings that God wants to give us here on this side. When we are humble, we receive the kingdom, that on the other side. But when we show mercy, loving kindness, gentleness to other people, God is going to bless us what? Here. God's going to bless us here. So what that means to me is the more that I show mercy, why should we show mercy? Scripture says we should show mercy because we have been shown mercy. Same thing, same pipe. Are you grasping it? It's a big, big pipe. All this stuff. Just let it flow through you. Do a random act of kindness because God has done kindness to you. Do you need a reason? Do you need a reason to be kind to somebody? We don't, do we? We should not need a reason to be kind to someone. We should just show kindness to someone else. Do you have to receive kindness back when you've shown kindness? No. You may go to, a, uh, you've never done this. I know y'all have never done this. You, never, right? Spend a lot of time and effort on something only to give that or show that towards someone else. And then now they go, oh, that's great. Thanks a lot. Open the drawer and throw it in there and just go on about their business. And you're like, hey, I just did, uh, I did all this so that, come on, man. Show me a little love here. Doesn't always come back to us that way. The pipe is one direction. Do you get it? The water doesn't flow from the bottom up onto my roof. The gutters are there to catch it off the roof and take it to the ground. It's a one-way ticket. That's the same way for us here. 
you have received mercy, that doesn't mean that you're going to receive mercy from the person that you give it to. But you're to give it anyway. This keeps our life in balance. How does this keep our life in balance? It keeps order for us. When we're meek, then the Spirit of God is flowing into us because mercy only comes from God. What we're talking about here, this is the blessed are what? The gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. That inheritance is not coming from anybody else. You're banking it. It's from God. God's got this. He's going to take care of it. So show that consideration to someone else. James 3.13 says this, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior in his deeds, in, his, in the gentleness of wisdom. Now look, scriptures, that's why I'm saying that there's directions to this. Jesus says, don't throw the pearls to the swines, right? In this passage right here, it says, show gentleness and wisdom. So show some wisdom in this. God's not telling you to go empty your bank account and give it to someone on the street and you don't know what they're going to do with it. Use some wisdom. Put some thought. Do some homework. Figure it out. Pray about it. Let God speak to you. Let him show you. Now look, could he ask you to do that? Yes. He could ask you to do that. Third thing, with humility and gentleness, with patience. <laughs> this is everybody's spiritual gift, isn't it? Don't you all have this spiritual gift? This is my spiritual gift. Can't y'all tell that this is my spiritual gift? After spending time with me, don't you know that this just oozes out of me? Insert laughter here. Yeah, you know, y'all know I'm about as impatient as it comes, right? So we're, we're to be a conduit for patience. Why? Because God is patient with me. I'm a mess. Are you a mess? I'm a mess. In so many different ways. And God is showing patience with me. And Peter, Peter says, God is not holding off on bringing this about to the end just to, just to do it. Why is he doing it? He's doing it so that he can gather all those who are supposed to come to him and give them an opportunity to do that. Same way with us. Why is Tim still breathing? Because he's not finished and I'm not done. He's got work to be done yet. I don't even know what it is yet. But when he wants me to know, he'll reveal it to me. And how he's going to do it, he'll show that to me too. And then that becomes my job. And I need to do it with patience. So, being patient. Long, not short. A term that's often used, especially in the Old Testament, is long-suffering when speaking of patience. It's not just long. It's laboring long, is it not? I mean, we think that when God gives us something, 
that it's going to happen instantaneously. Because that's what we live in. We live in a society where if you're hungry, you can go drive up to a drive-thru, pay five bucks, and get a burger. You're not hungry anymore. You can feed that instantaneously. So spiritually, when the Lord speaks to us and He says, this is what I want you to do. We think that it's going to happen instantaneously. Or, I'm going to bless you this way. This is what's going to happen. And sometimes it may take weeks, months, years. <laughs> so, have you ever done this? Birthdays today. So, I went online. I've been alive 18, almost 19,000 days. That's a stinking long time, ain't it? Some of y'all, y'all are scared, aren't you? Y'all ain't getting on that app for nothing. Almost 19,000 days. And I can tell you, 1,899 of them, I've been waiting for some things. I'm like, when is this going to happen? It seems like that, doesn't it? It surely does. Why? Because we struggle with patience because when we think that we receive a revelation from God or a word from God, that that's going to be instantaneous. Patience is long, not short. 1 Peter 2.20 For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Your endurance, your long-suffering, brings God glory. That stinks, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Miss Friend, you've been through a lot in the last 12 months, haven't you? In a lot of different ways. It has worn you out emotionally, physically, everything, hasn't it? It does. But you know what? Somehow she is here and she is still standing. Is that by her own power? No, it is not. You know what everybody else says to me? I'm going to tell you what everybody talks about you about. They go, how in the world is this woman doing this? God. You see what I'm saying? She is a picture of that. But does she want to go through any of this? No. But what is God making her? He is making her into an example of His glory. His sustenance, His stability, His ability. All of that. You are a picture of that. And you become a picture of that to everybody else. Can I have a volunteer, please? Nobody wants to volunteer for any of that, do they? Nobody steps up and goes, Okay, Lord, let me have your best shot here. And make it a long one. There you go. What did Paul pray? Paul said, Lord, if, if I could go to hell and all the other Jews would understand and receive you, I would gladly let that happen. How many of us are stepping up and saying that to the Lord? Nah, 
<laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm not taking one for the team like that. She just said, I don't want anybody else to go through what I've gone through. But she has been gifted, graced, chosen by God to walk that walk. And we support her in that through prayer, through anything that we can do financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, being her friend. All of those things, those are all pick-me-ups. Because none of this happens instantaneously. We've done all this with Brother Harry. Brother Harry's been sick for a long time. A long, long time. To endure what he's had to endure, endure was we, we were with him Wednesday, and his statement was simply this: If people knew what I, the effort it took for me just to breathe, that's not simple for him. It is work. Work for me is picking up a shovel and going out in my yard or cleaning out my gutters. Work for him is we got to understand this. We've got to see it for what it is. James 1.4 says this, And let all endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The last thing is showing tolerance. Tolerance to the world and tolerance to what God has to say is two different things, so let me give this to you. I'm not going to talk about tolerance from the world. I'm going to talk about tolerance from God. Tolerance from God is showing restraint. Paul said this. Paul said that things are permissible for me, but they're not profitable for me. Let me tell you a piece of my mind. It's permissible for you to say what you need to say to somebody. But it may not be profitable. So you need to show restraint. It is permissible for you to do something that you feel like you should do. But it may not be profitable. Therefore, you don't need to do it. It's legal for you to drink, smoke, and in some cases in our country, whatever state you're in, to smoke dope. But it's probably not profitable on any of those fronts for any of us. Why? Because we lack self-control in a lot of cases and instances. And though it may be legal, it can bring harm to you or those who are around you. Show restraint. Big, not small. The real term there, spiritually, is forbearance. You know what forbearance means? Forbearance means carry the load. So when you're tolerant, you're carrying burden for somebody else. That's what Galatians says. Galatians chapter 5 says, carry your own load. Galatians chapter 6 says, carry somebody else's. 
that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to carry our burdens. And then we're supposed to carry water for somebody else. Carry other people's burdens. Do your kids ever grow up? Somebody, please, I'm 52 and I have some that still live at home. Do they ever get out of the house and totally independent on their own? Oh, wrong answer. Sometimes we're carrying a load, aren't we? You had them, they're your responsibility. (laughs) You didn't think about that, did you? 18, they're legal. Get them gone. They can stand on their own two feet, right? Somebody may have done that with you. You may be that kind of person. You may have have pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and made yourself into whatever you are today, and that's great. But I can guarantee you this, without the hand and grace of God, you wouldn't be anywhere. And so maybe because you've done that, now God's turned around and showing you someone who needs help that can't do it on their own like you did it. And so you've got your burden, and you've thought, well, if I carried my load, they ought to be able to carry theirs. That's not what this word says. This word tolerance here spiritually means for us to forbear. We're in this together. Galatians 6, 2 through 5. Here it is. Go home with this one. Bear one another's burdens, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. There's humility. But each one must examine his own work. There's the gentleness. And he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. So we're bearing our own load and we're bearing someone else's load. That's work, isn't it? (laughs) That's your job, isn't it? (laughs) Don't you have stuff that you're supposed to do at work and then someone comes along and goes, hey, can you do this for me? So next thing you know, you're carrying what you're supposed to carry that day and get that done. Now someone else is giving you something else to do. This is life. This is how this works. I close with Chuck Swindoll. I've given you this so many times it ought to be ingrained. In fact, we're probably going to put a plaque up over here somewhere and just put Brother Chuck's name on there just so we'll have this word. Guess we go out the door maybe. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. Life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond. There it is. So think about this. Humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance, long-suffering, forbearance, whichever way scripturally you want to look at that, whatever words you want to use and put in there. That's what God has called us to do. That's our conduit. That's what has to flow out of us. That's what keeps our life in balance. That's how hard we have to work to keep it together. Why? Because you've received all of that. If you don't think that you have received that, go read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10 again today. Because you have received every single bit of that. 
But God, rich in his mercy, forgave your trespasses and your sins. It is by grace alone that you are saved, not of your works, lest you should boast. That's pride. There's your humility. There's his grace and mercy shown to you. There's his patience. Because there were days where you were going, God who? I ain't worried about no God. And we were just like them. Just like them. In some cases, maybe worse. We got to remember that. Remember you've been shown that, so then in turn, it is shown by you. There's your balance of your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the gifts that we've been given. Um, spiritually, physically, talents that we've been given. Father, emotionally, how you've put and wired some of us together to be able to carry a heavy load, to be responsible to be given more in certain areas, whether that be physically through children or financially through money or responsibility through a job or a calling on someone's life. Father, thank you so much for how you blessed us. Father, give us the strength and the courage to be the people of God which you've called us to be. Help us to clear out the gutters of our lives and to get the flow of humility and gentleness and patience and forbearance flowing back through our lives. We ask these things now in the merciful, gracious, heavenly, blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen.